Welcome to Winning with the Burns, a podcast for highly ambitious people who have a burning desire to learn what it takes to win at a high level. Hey guys, for thanks for joining us again today. You know, I'm excited today because you guys get to hear from this athlete, and I, and I use that term as an athlete because I mean that's what that's what Jr. You are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. You played all the sports. Mm-hmm. So hey, thanks for joining today. Uh, thank you for having me. Hey, so, you know, let's let everybody know who you are. You grew up, obviously, I know a lot because you graduated with Nick. Right. You know, I'm, I was that freshman watching you as a senior, and, you know, right. I, I felt like you guys walked on water because you guys were the seniors. You know? <laughs> Appreciate that. that. That was a good little ego boost for today. The there yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, tell everybody, you know, you grew up here in LaGrange. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so I grew up here in LaGrange. And by the way, thank you for having me because, you know, I've been actually following the podcast, and yeah, I've had some heavy hitters on this thing, man. So I'm, I'm honored that you would even – uh, you know, think to have me on here, but um, uh, but yeah, I'm from Lagrange. Uh, my family moved here in '82. My dad took a, a coaching job here, and um, and 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 basically he he made his uh, made his bones here. Most people know me as not as Jr. Revere, but as John's son. You know, Coach Revere's son. And, yep. And and I was always okay with that. You know, and uh, but uh, but I, I just you know I, I moved here, and after. Maybe probably a year or two, I realized that man, this this whole you know Lagrange thing is a pretty big deal, and you know, and I start, you know, running into the likes of guys like Vince Sutton and Nate Hill, and you know Tony Stargell, and I'm just thinking, wow, you know, I, and 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 my dad was, you know, I mean, he made himself a very integral part of those guys, uh, you know, not just the program, but those guys' lives, and and uh, and then on top of that, they were just these these, these I mean incredible athletes, um, you know, all of them professional like level athletes, and and so I just remember thinking at a very probably about five six years old, thinking yeah, I want to be those guys, you know, and so you know just uh, every day at practice, every day, um, you know, it, you know wanting to be around dad as much as I could and, and be around the guys, and then that led to me eventually. Uh, you know, going to middle school, and you know, I went to you know Gardner Middle School, and then you know got to Lagrange High, and then then my time started, and uh, started off you know started off a little slow because we were going through a transition period. Uh, which, you know, there's a whole story behind that, but but we finally got it going, and by my senior year, we kind of all figured it out and it all came together. So you know, it was fun to be a you know be a part of that and kind of uh, add to the brand of of, of uh, the Lagrange High School, and then I uh, went and signed with Georgia Southern. And uh, had the opportunity to go there and play both baseball and football. And that's when things really took off. And uh, it, it just kind of always said, you know, I, I ended my high school career off with a bang. And then it's just it went to another level when I got to got to college and, and was able to experience, uh, you know, really, you know, the, the ground, the, the, the ground level, the ground floor of, of winning and learning how to win. Started in my my youth and time growing up in Lagrange when I was able to really apply it and really take it to another level, uh, and and learn how to really win on a on a national level was when I went to Georgia Southern, and uh, so you know I mean I I leave there with you know God knows how many rings, um, but you know two national championships in football, you know played in three of them, um, and then in baseball we went to three straight regionals, um, and uh, won you know two conference titles. Um, in, in that in that regard, so you know there was a lot of winning going on there, and then you know I wanted to live out a childhood dream and, and go play professionally. So you know I go start off land professional football, actually baseball, excuse me. I get get drafted by the Colorado Rockies, and and I go into that uh, that organization. I quickly get traded to the Padres and spends a couple of years in the independent league, 
um, before um, I decided, you know, you know, I think it might be a good idea if I get back into football, you know, once baseball kind of ran its course. But, uh, but you know, all in all, I spent about a decade being a professional athlete and then, you know, settled down about, I think, around 2009 uh, was my last competitive – 2009, 2010 was my last competitive uh, athletic experience, you know, with a, a, a organization or a team. And and then since then, just trying to be a, a good father, dad, you know, community man, businessman, you know, so forth. So Yeah, well, you know, you talked about how you learn how to win mm-hmm. and, you know – I was told because I was, you know, a few years behind you. Right. I was told that you dressed out in full pads as, you know, a seven-year-old, oh, an yeah. eight-year-old, yeah, with all those guys, yeah, with your dad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stories, uh, some of them are fabricated, <laughs> but a lot of it is true. Uh, but yeah, I, you know what, man, you know, Jonathan, I can remember my first, you know, when you experience something that really has an impact on you. I can still remember the first day I walked into that old gymnasium. And I don't remember if it was before spring practice or, 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 or before camp, but I just remember walking into that, you know, the, the old football locker room and there was that big cage to the, you oh, know, yeah. that was to, you know, as soon as you walk in, it was to the, to the right. I just remember as a, I was probably about four or five years old. I don't remember much as a four or five year old, but I remember going in there and seeing all the guys in there and boy, they were excited about getting their helmets and their pads and, and I remember seeing my dad in there, and this is back when they would—they didn't have the stars on there yet. This was, you know, preseason. But I just remember him ripping tape off, you know, what's your name, writing the name on the helmet, giving it to the guy, and boy, he's excited, getting his chin strap and mouthpiece all together. And it was like a next guy, and it's—and it was just this energy that you just felt like, wow. I didn't know what it was. I just knew I liked it, and um, and so it finally it culminated. Um, I remember this one practice. Um, God, I remember, you know, one of the things my mom would do, I would, I would beg her, you know, you know, throughout the day, Hey, can we go by the practice field? I want to see dad at practice, you know? And, and, uh, and so this, this one day, you know, if I was a good little boy, you know, she, she'd take me over there. So this one day, it's almost, it's almost like dusk. It's like late. And, uh, we parked right in the, you know, over there at Granger Park, right in that little parking lot. I go down the steps, I run out and, and there's a, there's a, um, like a, a hitting drill going on. It's like, you know, guys are just, you know, in this big old circle and, and I'm kind of bobbing and weaving and I see two guys, man. I mean, they're just freaking going at it. I mean, it's just piled. I mean, and, and, and the, the, the sound and the, and the, you know, the excitement, the intensity and, you know, and they, and they went three times and all three times that they went, boy, it was a show. And it was Nate Hill and Bernard Page. I'll never forget it. And I, I was just sitting there going, well, whatever this is, I like it. <laughs> I want to do it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. So I just I, – it got to the point where it was, it was borderline obsession. I had my own locker, <laughs> I, you know, and I made sure that I, I, my locker was next to the guys, to the dudes, you know, the Marty Carters, the, you know, Deshaun Camerons, and, you know, if I could fit in there. And uh, – because I just wanted to be like them so much. And, uh, and, and I think – a lot of my athletic success had a lot to do with them and my experience of being around them. Yeah. And, you know, that was your father, you know, being around mentoring those guys, yeah. teaching them how to work, you know, because right. he was my first strength and condition coach mm-hmm. when I arrived mm-hmm. to LaGrange High, mm-hmm. and then he was my health teacher as well. Mm-hmm. But, man, that energy that he brought, yeah. he made you believe yeah. that you could do something special. Yeah. Well, he always said that when he got here, the weight room was a part of – the program, but it wasn't like the the guts of the program. Like they did it because that's just what football, you know. And I think that they would, you know, they would start lifting like a little bit during the summer and 
And and that's kind of how it went. That you know, it, it wasn't you know. By the time we got into high school, uh, I mean, it, it was it was a lot more advanced. But you know, early early on, because keep in mind, my dad spent four five four years four years in South Georgia, and at least in football back in in the seventies and eighties, you know, South Georgia was running things in terms of football, and them jokers were like in the weight room every day, like it was yep. year round. And so, you know, my dad, you know, at the time, Coach Chronic was the head coach. He's telling those guys that look, this is what those guys down there are doing. You know, we it ain't enough that we just do a little during the year and try to get it in during the summer and then go out there and play. He says we got to get on the same page as these guys. So he was really instrumental in and and him and I think Larry Prather, Rob Ridings, you know, were some names that they were all on board at really you know getting a sophisticated weight program, which it was during that period of the eighties. So I guess from like eighty two to like eighty, you know. Really, really, the whole decade of the '80s, where Lagrange just really took off. So when you get guys that, that already had that natural talent, but then you develop it. That's right. You know, um, it's funny. You know, they they would say, uh, you know, whenever I would go with my dad, you know, the you know, because he coached track or you know any of the like coaches conventions or you know basketball games, you know, any place where you know we would see other coaches from other schools, they would say to him like, hey, you know. So what's it like coaching at the University of Lagrange? You know, <laughs> but it was true because I mean we were just I mean God, we were just dominating in every sport. I mean, mm-hmm. not just football. You know, it was now it was getting on a national scale, but basketball. People forget our basketball programs were really good, girls and guys. Oh yeah. You know, uh, our track programs. I mean, my dad had a couple of top five, top three track. You know, uh, you know, tra- top three track teams. Uh, you know, that finished in the state. So it was just like everything we were touching was just turning to gold. So, um, yeah, I, you know, he was he was a big part of that, and he loved every minute of it. Well, he was he was a big part of it because he was in there lifting weights with them. <laughs> yeah, he would. And, and, and that was – I think that was the trick. Like, yeah. no, nah, I'm not going to just ask you to do it and just blow a whistle and yell at you. No, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm oh, going to show yeah. you what it looks like. I'm going to show you what you look like. After you finish, and I think a lot of those guys took to that because they they looked at my daddy thought, well, you know, because he was, you know, God, he was when he got there, he was 27, 28 years old. I mean, he was in the prime of his life, and, oh, yeah. and you know, he's running forties with them, and he's giving them the business, and it's like, and these are some of the best athletes in the state, and they respected him for it. So whatever he said, they would do. And, he, uh, he led by example. He led by example. Yep, that's yep, it. Yeah. Well, he he taught you how to work at a young age, also mm-hmm. in baseball, because I remember. You know, it, people know what we're talking about. You had the old yeah. pea gravel, um, yeah. you know, cages over there. <laughs> yeah. And I remember you transitioning over to being a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. And I remember your dad just yeah. getting you get more reps, get Rep. more reps. Yeah. So he he instilled in you a lot of the principles that you were able to take mm-hmm. to college. Right. And when you got to college, you know, you played for what, Paul Johnson? Yeah, I played for Paul Johnson, the, the great Paul Johnson. Uh, I also played for Jack Stallings. Who, uh, who just? I mean, he's he's just got into the uh, 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 Georgia Baseball Hall of Fame or, or Georgia Athletics Hall of Fame, or whatever. But he was a Hall of Fame baseball coach. I hate only got to play with him for one year because I learned so much from him. But being able to play for two guys that were the best at what they did was was I mean, it, it was it was incredible for me and and learning so much because like I said, I, I I knew quite a bit. You know, in terms of, you know, character, hard work and, you know, but these guys, they showed me a little bit more and then forced you to apply it, you know, because they were also hard nosed, hard driven guys, you know, bottom line guys. And um, and they were winners. You know, they were they were winners. And, and um, you know, I mean, it was it was great just to be around them and just to be able to soak up everything 
uh, that they, they offered to me. Well, see, I believe that, you know, and I don't know a whole lot about football, mm -hmm. but I believe that the quarterback is like the captain. He's yeah. like the leader. Yeah. And, you know, in high school, I was listening to a story that mm -hmm. uh, Coach Branch gave me. Mm -hmm. He said going into – he thought he, – he thinks he remembers going into your freshman year. Right. You guys were up in uh, maybe Tennessee or something. Right. Yeah. And just – got beat. He yeah. did not play good at no, all. Yeah. And you're an upcoming freshman. Right. You know, you got all these upperclassmen. Mm -hmm. And uh, Coach Branch said something. Anybody got anything to say? And you kind of threw your hand mm -hmm. up. I don't know if you remember this. I do, yeah. You, you threw your hand up yeah. and you were like, guys, this is not what a Granger does. Yeah. We don't play this way. Yeah. Like, and you, yeah. the, like you, as a young underclassman, <laughs> you know, I guess had the uh, the fortitude to stand up and say, hey, guys, we, we this is not what we do. Yeah, yeah. and I, And that wasn't the only time. That uh, that I had to have that conversation, and and I would be honest with you, our generation, our era, um, and, and like I said, there was a transition period when me and your brother came in uh, our freshman year, especially with football. But there was a there was a transition period where uh, a lot of the coaches that were around during that heyday of the '80s they had left. Yep. For other, you know, because they were going on to bigger, better things, or you know, maybe family reasons or whatever. They were gone. So I, I remember at one point just sitting around. This is my freshman year, sophomore year, roughly. And I'm just looking around. I'm just going, wow, the only guys that were from the era was my dad, Coach Branch, Coach Trailer. And I'm thinking, man, you know, this is so it wasn't a whole lot of guys that were around during the ground floor of it. But Jonathan, I remember everything. I didn't forget anything. And and it was like, I'm kind of looking around and, you know, in my in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking back to the way it used to be. And yeah. I'm looking around here and I'm going, this isn't. This ain't adding up. This is something ain't right. And so it bothered me because, you know, I go my whole life going, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a Granger. I'm going to be just as good as, you know, Hudson and Cameron. And I'm, I'm going to be just, you know, Barry. Put that uniform on. I can't wait to, you know, show them guys that, you know, what I can do. And then all of a sudden, here we go. And, you know, crap, you know, we're not going to the playoffs. You know, we went four my freshman, my sophomore year, I think. We, we lose our first four games. And that, that was a, talking about a character building year. That was, that was, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I just thought, no, this it's gotta be better than this. This can't this can't be the way. But I think we got we got we got soft and happy. We got we got happy. You know, we got comfortable. Yeah, comfortable. That's the word. Yeah. That, I mean, we just it was because they made it look so easy. But the thing that I tried to tell my guys that listen, it looked easy, but those guys worked their butts off. Mm -hmm. You know, they they were coachable, they were accountable, you know, all those things. And so yeah, I mean it, it wouldn't it was probably a couple of times I, I had to say that and and luckily at least for my era, we we figured it out before it was too late. Yeah. Yep. And you see, you had that leadership instilled in you. So when you go to college, no wonder George Southern wanted a guy like you yeah. to play for them because they're like, look, he's got the skill set, number one. Yeah. But he's also got the leadership that we can build on. Yeah. And you guys, I think you played for a national title three straight years. Three straight, three straight years. And you won two of them. You won two of them. Yeah, yeah. And we had a chance to go to the fourth one, but we just ran out of gas. You know, that was, that was my senior year. And – I tell people all the time, we, you know, you're not going to win all the time, but if you do things the right way and, and you follow that 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 blueprint of winning, um, that that you know you'll find you you're, it doesn't guarantee you're going to win, but you'll find yourself winning more than losing. Yep. And uh, and and I and I think I, I I learned that in high school, but I really learned that you know because like I said, I, I I was taught it in high school. And and it was applied, but it was really applied on a major level when I got to college. And, and it really set my mindset straight that, you know, the great teams, the great dynasties, the great businesses, they don't win all the time. 
whoever competes against them, if they beat them, they get out with I mean within an inch of their life. You know, it is a hard loss. It ain't it ain't a blowout. It's it's you know you better bring that a game. You know, or you're gonna get you're gonna get dusted. If you know, but more times than not, we're going to win, and because we're so disciplined in our winning. Um, and we have created such a habit of winning. We do it consistently all the time. That's it. And um, and that's that's the thing that I you know that I learned that I still carry to with me to this day. Well, you still show up and do the work, even though you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. See, business to me is so much tougher right. than being an athlete an athlete right because athletes they get an off season right it's like we get to you know it's not game time we can work on some things right but in business you have to show up every day yeah and the day you don't show up yeah you pay dividends on it right down the road right yeah exactly and 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 this it is it's about as simple as that um you know there's also some leadership involved because you can't you know human human nature we want to go every day but we just can't so there's got to be some other people involved that that also understand your your methods that have the same drive, the same, um, you know, desire and, and have the same level of understanding of what you're trying to get accomplished. Uh, you know, I've always felt that, you know, and, and that was one thing I learned in being a quarterback, that as good as I was, you know, and, and whatever my skills would be, I couldn't do it on my own. And, yeah. and, and my best teams were with I had guys around me that were just as good, if not better. And, and in turn, they made me better. Uh, hopefully I made them better, but, but it was, it was, you know, we, we won wars by numbers. And when you got a bunch of guys that, and a bunch of people that understand, have an understanding of what's trying to, what needs to get done and you're doing it together, it's amazing what you can accomplish, you know, but, um, but, but you're, you're talking about individually. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, quote, you know, when I was a kid, because I was really big into football, you know, I, um, you know, you learned about who were the great coaches and players and, you know, football history. And, of course, you hear about Vince Lombardi. So I remember, God, I think I might have been in fourth grade, you know, getting a book on Vince Lombardi because I saw I saw one of the NFL films did a little show on him or a special or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so one of the, in his book, one of, one of his famous quotes is that, you know, um, you know, that 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 winning is a habit. That's it. Yeah. So it's losing. <laughs> it's so true, <laughs> you know. So I thought, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me if you just follow these this simple little plan or just you know create some good habits that you know you can you know you can be a winner. You know you can win. You know maybe not all the time, but most of the time. Um, and that you know that was another moment that kind of that switch you know flipped for me. So whenever there was, hey, you know if you work hard, if you do this X Y and Z, I was all in. I I, I never I never quibbled. I never thought I, I ain't. Yeah. You know, I ain't doing that. You know, I, I was never that guy. If you mean to tell me this is what I need to do to be the best that I can be, then I'm all in. Matter of fact, I'm going to try to perfect it. And, you know, that was always, you know, my mentality. So, you know, if you can do that individually and then get people around you to understand that too, man, you can move mountains. Well, how tough was it? And I know physically it was very demanding, but you go from football season, you've mm-hmm. been beat up. I mean, yeah. you play late because you're playing for the national championship. Right. And then, you know, physically, you got to get ready for baseball season right. coming up. Right. How, what was the mental game like for you going from football to baseball? It was like, man, we just won the national championship. championship yeah. And now I've got to go play baseball yeah. when I'm probably going to get out one out of every three times, one out of every four, four times. times. You know? Yeah. So, one of the things I learned in my time, um, you know, again, you know, you know, you start with my parents and the way they raise me and my sisters and brother. 
um, was that, you know, no matter what you do, no matter what you're involved in, you don't ever take an opportunity for granted. You know, you always put your best foot forward. You know, that, that, you know, success principle was the foundation of, you know, everything that I did. So it didn't matter if it was football season, baseball season, you know, I was always going to put my you know best foot forward. But one of the things that my, you know, I know I, I learned from my dad was, you know, you, you have to, if you want to have the right approach, it's, it's, it's good to have the right approach. It's good that you, you know, to put the, you know, your best foot forward. But if you don't have the energy and the stamina to do it, um, then, you know, you can do one and all you want to, it's not going to work. So you have to, you have to um, put your, you, you have to live right. You have to put your body in, in, in the, and take care of yourself and, 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 you know, put your body in the right position. So the three principles that I learned, um, being disciplined, being accountable, and then being tough. That's good. Yeah. You know, discipline, you know, again, you know, putting off and one of the great lessons I learned, you know, growing up was, you know, you got to put off some, you know, some good times to get to some great times. So that meant that, okay, you know, to get through this football season, I couldn't go to every party. Oh yeah. You know, right. Uh, you know, I couldn't go to spring break cause I was, you know, I was playing baseball and, you know, and then having to jump and go play some football. Um, I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't have a summer vacation. You know, I couldn't go to that barbecue or whatever. And and if, like I said, if I did, it was like a four moment in time and then boom, I was right back to the grind of doing whatever I needed to do. Um, I couldn't stay up all night. I had to get my rest. You know, I, you know, I had to make sure I, you know, I hydrated, I, you know, that I was living right. And because I did those things, it allowed me to have those opportunities to be my best self on the field to play. That's the, uh, a thing that I think a lot of people struggle with. But I'm gonna miss out on this party. Some party yeah. I'm gonna miss out on yeah. this. I mean, you don't understand. Yeah. We get the FOMO deal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Fear of missing out. Fear, yeah, and uh, FOMO. I like that. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Uh, you, and you're right. And boy, those were some painful, painful days because you you're know, 19, 20 years, years of age, old. Yeah, and you're away from home. Home. Yeah, it would have been so easy See, to yeah. say, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to go work yeah, on my craft. craft. I'm, I'm going to go party. It's easy because the distractions are out there. You know, everybody, you know, we can do a top 10 or, <laughs> you know, who's, who's got the prettiest co-eds on campus. But every co every campus has got at least a set that's going to get you. A, I mean, there are plenty of opportunities out there. That's right. Uh, to get into uh, or, or to be distracted and, and, and something that's going to lead you away from the bottom line, which is to get better. So, you know, I think, you know, in those moments, um, you know, those moments of be it temptation to get away from your discipline, um, the moments of, of strife, the moments where you're in, you know, you're in that 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 mindset of doubt, uh, those going through those tough times. I think there are moments where you have to start learning how to talk to yourself instead of listen to yourself. And uh, and that was another skill that I acquired where, you know, if I allowed my if I listen to myself because I'm a human being. It's going to probably be negative and I'm probably going to submit to, to that temptation. That's it. But if I talk to myself and I talk myself out of it, it's going to keep me on that path of true north. So, you know, I don't miss out on that time of development. I don't miss out on, you know, my opportunity for that. Because at the end of the day, when I always tell myself, is this what you really want? Is, is, is you know, hanging out with that pretty girl? Is that what you really want? Or, you know, whatever, going to that party, hanging out with your boys, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, going to kick it, you know, on the beach, you know, uh, in, in, uh, in, in spring, on spring break, is that what you want? Or do you want to hold up that trophy? You know, do you want to be an all American? You know, do you want to be, you know, player of the year, all conference? Do you want to be, and, uh, and that's what I wanted. That was what, that's so good. Yeah. That's, that's where my heart was. And, and here's the thing. And I tell kids this all the time. 
you know, uh, God is good. You know, if you're obedient and you're disciplined, he'll reward you somehow in some way. Um, I accomplished all those things. You know, I was a player of the year. I was an MVP. You know, I was the captain of my team. You know, I was, you know, my main was up there on the marquee. Because you told yourself it's more important, important for me to work on my craft exactly. and be the person and that be, I set out to be. And be the person you set out to as be. As opposed to saying, you know what, I, that would be a lot of fun, fun. down on the yeah. beach, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I told him, I said, listen, if I told you that I never went to a party <laughs> and I never, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, you're going to. Yeah, we yeah, know you, JR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're going to have a good time. But I think, you know, keeping keeping things in perspective. You know, if you get to a point where one is is becoming more of a priority than the other, that's when you know you're in trouble. And I never let that side become a priority. And and it and it like I said, it allowed me to for me to be my best self on every stage, especially the biggest stages. And um, and you know, you look back and and I'm happy to say that I don't have any regrets. You know, I'm, right. I'm you know that I I exhausted everything and did everything I, I possibly could and. And uh, and and I'm I'm glad I did it. Well, you, know? you you paid for the price of discipline, and you right. endured discipline right. as opposed to living with the pain of regret. Right. Well, exactly. what if I would have done this? Maybe we could have won another title. title what yeah. if I would have done this? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'd have got drafted a little higher. What yeah. if I'd have done this? So you know, it's funny. I tell kids, you know, so I said, well, just like I told you, so I went three years in a row. We we just missed out my senior year. And, and, you know, I get a chance, I guess, you know, on top of what I could add to my resume is, you know, a uh, speaker, but I get a, the opportunities to go and talk to churches and teams and God knows how many times I've been over LaGrange High and talked to those guys. But, uh, you know, you get these opportunities to talk to youth and you talk to teams or, you know, businesses or whatever. And I tell that story from time to time that, you know, kind of like what I was saying before, you know, you're not going to win all the time. But those times that you do miss, they're very far few in between because you've created such a habit of being excellent. And uh, and so what I've learned whenever I tell them that story, the, especially the kids, they're so they're so um, impressed by the awards and the player of the years. And, oh, you're an All-American. Really? You know, and, you know, like you were all conference in two sports, you know. And uh, and the championships and, you know, and I tell them, yeah, I got about eight or nine rings that I won in college, you know, big, big diamonds in them and everything. They're impressed with that. But where I get their attention is where I tell them about the time I failed. That's it. And I think I think I, you know, I, you know, I impress people by my success, but I, I, I impact them more by my failures. And uh, and so I tell guys that, yeah, and he's like, well, how'd you how'd you handle that? How'd you handle losing? you know, a championship game like that. And I said, guys, I ain't gonna lie to you. When it happened, it bothered me for about five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I was able to walk away from it, you know, cause and you never regret. I didn't, I didn't, I had, I did. Could. I said, guys, I did everything, you know, now within the game, there were probably some mistakes made, but that's, that's Football. part of the game. Yeah. That's, you know, rather, you know, especially if you're playing baseball, you're going to fail a lot. It's just one of those things. But I said, but they were mistakes that I could, I could take. They weren't mistakes because I didn't prepare. Man, if I would have trained harder, if I would have, you know, not done this instead of doing this, you know, I, I might have been in a better place. You know, I know I didn't do any of those things. And so I, I, I prepped myself, uh, you know, to a, to a level where it allowed me to, to go out and give my best effort. I did. And that dude still beat me. Well, you're the baddest dude on the planet. Tip I can't. Hat. Yeah, I tip my hat to you. There's nothing more I can do. Better luck to me next time, and uh, and like I said, I, I you know I I learned those lessons again, you know as a, as a, thankfully as a young man, you know, and um, you know the, you know listen to my dad. I, I know you know it's it's funny, you know Coach Purdue, 
you know, he was one that I, you know, used to talk about that you know, specific thing all the time. Because I, I remember it was always during homecoming, you know. And he would always tell us because there was always festivities going on, oh, and yeah. you know the girls getting all dressed up, we're getting all dressed up, and it was it was almost like there was more attention on that than it was the game. And he would constantly remind us, guys, there's a reason why they call it homecoming. There's a reason why we're having all this stuff. If this thing called the game did not exist, all this other stuff wouldn't exist. That's right. So what's the most important Take thing? Take care of business first. Take care of business first. <laughs> Nobody's going to care if, if, about homecoming if we lose. And I, it's like, wow, you're right. You know, so that would always keep us uh, keep us focused. But, uh, but yeah, I just – you take those little habits and, you know, you take them uh, to the next level and then you really put them into use and you find out, oh, God, this stuff really does work. And it's not only working, but it's actually propelling pro, pro, propelling you to a higher level. And um, and then that so like you have all these blocks that you're just building a great foundation. Yes, yes. As a young adult, you know, and then you go into the real world and you start businesses. Right. And so now you're able to work with youth guys. You're yeah. helping quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. It's called what next level quarterbacks. Yeah, next level quarterback training. And uh, I got it started probably around 2012. Um, and, and what's funny about it is I actually, I actually started, I actually got started or had the opportunity, I should say, to get started like around 2002. And it was shortly right after I was, I was out of college. And so the, the luster, my fame was probably, it was, it was at its peak, you know, yeah. you know, and, uh, and people around the state knew who I was. And, and I, you know, it's like, I tell my kids, I say, you know, there's a time, you know, in your dad's life, he was a pretty big deal, you know. And of course, they're just like, "Yeah, whatever, dad." You know, big, yeah. you big wigging them. Yeah, yeah, like you know, look, you know, I know I just look like dad now, but then that was, you know, there was time where you know I was pretty, you know, but uh, but yeah, but I was uh, so I was getting opportunities from just, I mean, it seemed like everybody, you know, parents and my, you know, uh, friends of my parents, um, you know, uh, church people, you know, how oh, would you train my son? And you know, at the time, I think I was in baseball, so I'm like, eh, I'm not interested in that, and and so uh, I just I was telling people no. Cause I was still in the mode of I wanted, you know, I'm looking to get trained. Me, I went, yeah, it was about me. Me, and uh, and so you get to a point in your life, which and and it's a necessary evil. If you're going to perform on that level and at that and at that height, you have to be a little bit selfish with your time. So and uh, yeah, you know, and and I and I, I I you have to have people around you that are understanding of that. And luckily, I did. Um, you know, um, be it family members, you know, wife. Uh, children, they understood what dad was trying to do and, and, uh, and allowed me to exhaust it. But once I got to that point in my life where, okay, you know, and I think this was by, uh, this was, um, you know, by divine intervention, um, you know, the good Lord said, okay, I allowed you to do this. You lived out a dream. Congratulations. Oh, it's too long. It's time to move on to something else. And that, that period between 2009 to 2012 was a pretty rough period because you know, I lost that thing that that made me go, which was competition and being on a team and being the leader of a team. And, you know, that and so I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I got into education because my wife made me. And uh, <laughs> hey, talk, talk about that, though, real quick. About yeah. From 2009 to 2012 is because there's so many people out there yeah. that, you know, we all know them yeah. and they were awesome in school. Yeah. They competed. And yeah. now all of a sudden. They're just not competing in life. Life's yeah. beating them down. Yeah. Talk about that mental, you know, battle that you had to talk yourself yeah. back into yeah. to get back into competing. Oh. Uh, you know, when I say competing, you're competing changed. Yeah. It's no longer about me. Yeah. It's like now I need to compete and transfer it to others. Exactly. So remember those three pillars I talked about, discipline, 
accountability, and then toughness. That's the part where you have to really that that part of your life is where the toughness now comes out because that it's a, toughness. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a dark dark place. You know when you you know it's like anything that you lose, depending on the significance in your life, it's 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 tough to lose it. And um, and I you know there's a sports psychologist that you know I was you know talking to one time and he said that you know it's it's one of those deals where he called it emotional stamina psychological stamina and you know he says you see a lot of athletes man they're they're big strong you know they work out you know in the weight room they, you know they, their bodies are like greek guy you know they're 43 4 whatever 40s and they have these unbelievable skills but then they get into these moments of their life or or pressurized moments stress stressful moments and they just melt they crumble. just will crumble and they built up everything else the emotional and and the psychological part never got built up they were they were out of shape and so um so thankfully, you know, I had some people, mentors, coaches that built that part of me. It was, it was, they, I was lucky to have the total portion body of the athlete built up. But I think most importantly, it was my spiritual groundedness that allowed me to get through that part. Yeah. To work through those emotions. Cause it was, you know, I was pretty lost, you know, and, and you, you allow yourself to kind of get your, you know, you allow yourself to be in this kind of, you know, this is my identity. What I learned through that process was that, you know, being an athlete was something that I it wasn't who I was. It's just something that I did. Yeah. And uh, and and I realized that, uh, you know, now I'm at a place in my life where I got to find purpose. So if your life doesn't have purpose and if you don't have that groundedness to, or that humility to find your purpose, um, it's going it's going to be a long, long road for you. Um, and I think, you you know, in that purpose is humility. So if we take ourselves too seriously if you know you think too much of yourself, uh, and especially if you're thinking and looking at the world world through um, a, a a a selfish lens, you're going to miss out on your purpose because most people's purpose is is um so it's it's not self serving, it's giving. Yep. So when I thought about it again, I think I just made the point. I said, you know, when I was playing, it was all about me, and and that was a necessary evil for in order for me to be as good as. I needed to be, but now well, in all fairness, it wasn't necessarily all about you. Yes, it was, but you knew you had to be the best version to help your team. Team, yeah, yeah. The purpose yeah. was the team. Well, that, and then it goes back to the accountable part. That's you know, right. I had exactly. to be accountable to those guys, but but it it did require me to kind of be about myself and hey, what can you give me? What kind of tidbit? You know, what wisdom? Yes. You know what what are some things that's going to help me grow and be you know that that better you know, player, athlete, uh, which I didn't realize was actually making me a better, you know, preparing me to be a better person. But it was all I'm taking, getting, 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 working out, you know, what could I read? What could I work out? Where could I, you know, where, where can I go to get better, uh, you know, learn better mechanics, you know? And all of a sudden now it's like, all right, now your purpose is to give that back. Yep. And I think that's how, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm speaking on a spiritual level here. I think that's what God intended for mankind. Is that he intended mankind to uh, it, it to be a circle, you know, and nobody to keep what was given to them to themselves. Be a river, not a swamp. Yeah, exactly. And to and to and to create this, you know, I you know somebody invested in me. Now it's time for me to invest in them. At some point, they're going to invest in somebody else, and that's how we keep this thing going. And I think that's the way he he wanted it to be. And I and I and, you know as I grow. And continue to grow. It seems like th those parts of society is what ru runs smoothly. The other parts of society don't do that. It looks real ugly, you mm -hmm. know. So, you know, once I found my purpose that it wasn't about me anymore, that's when I said, okay, 
you know, um, let me turn this into something. And it's been rocking and rolling ever since. So you uh, you mentor a lot of young athletes mm -hmm. with quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, you're partnered up in uh, Kane Bradfield. Yes. He does a great job. He does, yes. I mean, he yeah. gets these guys in uh, shape, speed, yeah, and agility yeah. training. And, and you're talking about a guy that makes you level up. Oh, oh man. man. He's the perfect business partner. God You, you get around him about three minutes, you, yeah. you want to run through a brick wall. It's like, <laughs> and let the, me sling some weight uh, around Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing. Kane's always been that way. I've yeah. known Kane since high school. So Kane, you know, Kane was a big time player, um, you know, big time recruit out of uh, Hurt County. And uh, and Kane was like one of the only guys, uh, myself, Marcus Blandenburg, Demario Shane, you know, we were kind of the guys on our team and we got to know him because uh, he had family that lived in LaGrange and uh, we just got to know each other. So he was, you know, guys that were on that level kind of traveling those packs. And so he was one of the only guys outside of the, the football program that we allowed in that weight room over there. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, you're the only one. But uh, I think it was kind of self-serve, too. We kind of were hoping that he would transfer and come, you know, just stay with your grandmama, man. Just, you know, stay with your cousin, you know, just come on over here. But he stayed out there, which told me how loyal he was. That's it. And I think that's what kind of really, um, really attracted me to him and, and uh, thought he was a good guy. And then we met up with each other. We played arena football together. So we played arena football for a little while, and that's when we really got together and, 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 and you know, been uh, connected ever since. So, yeah, he's, he's fun to be around. And you're like, hey, we can do something special. We, yeah. We can help some young athletes. Yeah. Maybe tell them some things that we wish we were told. Right. And tell them some things that were instilled in us that's helping us today. Right. Yeah. And, he and you know, like I said, when he came to me um, – you know, he he all he told me what because I think he stopped stopped playing uh, about a year or two before I started. So I remember I was working with Diallo Burks and we were doing a uh, camp together and and man he comes in with his truck and and uh, he was gonna do our our warm up period and I was like you know Kane's gonna do our 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 speed and agility like what and he gets all these we got all these kids out here and he's I mean we got everybody from high school kids to you know two year olds I mean he's I mean he's getting them going I'm like wow he's He's really good at this. And he told me then, this is this might have been 2007, 2008. And he told me then, he said, Yeah, this, this, I'm thinking about this is what I'm wanting to do. Cause he thought about going into coaching. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I kind of don't like coaching. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm like, all right, man, go right to it. And then next thing you know, Marcus Blandenburg tells me, Hey, you know, your boy don't, you know, he's he's got this, you know, he's got a garage and he's got people coming over. And I'm just, and then, you know, about 10 years later. Uh, he said, uh, or, you know, 10, 12 years later, he says, yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, getting this building. And, um, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, Coach Branch, right? And I'm like, yeah, then I said, he's going to help us get that. You know, what do you think about, you know, us getting into this thing? And I said, so yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. And, and, um, and then he was like, Hey, what do you think about, and I mean, he's just, he's just reeling me in, man. I mean, he, he threw out the, he threw out the line and I mean, he's just reeling me in. He's like, Hey man, what do you think about, uh, you know, bringing and running your quarterback program, you know, how to, you know, with us partner. And I was like, man, let's do it. You know? And, uh, and so it's 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 great to be back working with him because it's it's given me a reason to come back to Lagrange, and to somehow in my own little way give back. Yeah, you know, uh, to the you know to the, to the people um, in the same way that so many people in this community gave to me, and uh, and so it's uh it's been fun. So what ages do you start with, and what are kind of what is your niche with your quarterbacks right now? Well, uh, my niche is um, I guess if I had to usually. Because I didn't really – honestly, Jonathan, I didn't start really training to be a quarterback until I was like 13, 14 years old. 
you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Everybody's like, oh, you want to be a quarterback all your life. Nah, I really didn't. I heard you used to run routes. <laughs> I used to run routes, you know, and I used to uh, – because that's what my dad did. Mm -hmm. That's what my dad did. That's who he coached, you know, DBs, wide receivers. I think I'm, I'm going to be like my dad. And then all of a sudden, um, I remember one day, um, it might have been Donnie – I think it was Donnie Branch that talked him into it, said, you know, you need to be a quarterback. I'm looking at him like, ah, whatever. I ain't gonna be no quarterback. I thought playing quarterback was boring, you know. And and, and then of course Rodney Hudson came and that completely obliterated yeah, that idea. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I said, oh, okay, so you can play it like that, all right, you know. So, but he kept pushing, it, and my dad kind of thought around, thought, yeah, you're right, and then you know, and and I I fought it, Jonathan. I fought it. I fought it. And then Coach Branch said something that made the best sense. He said, Jr. He said, and I, I think I was. It was the summer going into my eighth grade year. Cause I knew he was my dad was gonna finally start letting me play, and uh, and he was like, yeah, he needs to get with Pleasance. He needs to start working right now, and I was fighting it tooth and nail. I was like, I just don't, you know, I, just, I want to be out there. I want to, you know, get the ball on the sweep and catch deep passes. And you yeah. know, he says, yeah, that's all great, but what if you don't have anybody to get the ball to you? He said, you'd be the greatest wide receiver ever, but if there's nobody, you know, to get the ball to you, how you gonna control the game? How you gonna dictate? You know, and then you know, where are your leadership skills now? You know, they. You know, they're, they're now just all all for nothing. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I got to thinking, you know, playing quarterback, you know, you get the ball every play. You know, the defense can't dictate if you get the ball or not. You know, it's like – And it just started getting a lot – it started making a lot more sense. So that's when I finally dove into it. But to answer your question, I usually start no – I usually want to start around, you know, beginning of middle school. Okay. So about around age 11 or 12. Now, every once in a while – You'll get a kid, Jonathan, that's probably eight or nine, ten years old, and boy, they're just you're like, they got it. Wow, and they can they can handle the grind because it is a little bit of a grind to take a kid for you know an hour, maybe an hour and twenty minutes, and be like, hey, look, you know, we got to be locked in for an hour, you know, and because there's so much detail. Tell, yeah, there's detail. There's yeah. not just hey, get the ball thrown. Yeah, get yeah, the ball yeah. There's detail yeah, with footwork. Yeah, and yeah, footwork. And that's where you. And that's usually the the most the most difficult part is the body sequencing. And how does the body time up so you can get the ball to fly the way it should? And that's the hardest part. And if you got a kid, usually, you know, your your most um your your most difficult ages of coordination is between ages six and twelve. So if you're telling the kid that you could barely walk and chew gum, all right, you know, it, <laughs> you know, your front foot's gotta get down, your arms gotta get here, your hips are supposed to do this, and it's all supposed to happen at the same time, go. And they're, you know, and they they're they're not very coordinated, it can get a little bit difficult. So you wanna get them at an age where their coordination is a little bit better, where you can tell them some things and they can visualize it and then they can feel it, you know, cause they're a little bit more aware with their bodies. And then, you know, you can get them, you, you can transition into that, that phase of training a little bit smoother as opposed to a kid that just, you know, they, they can't barely grip the ball. They can't, you know, but every once in a while, I think, I think out of my clientele, I probably consistent clients, I probably have 130 clients that are consistent you know all over the country yeah and that that i see at least once or twice at the most a month you know and I, I say that you know they're pretty consistent with you know setting appointments and you know we want to work of the 120 or 30 i probably got like maybe six that are under the age of 10 mm -hmm. and like i said those kids are just you know between you know i think the youngest i got is eight they're unicorns they're just they're they're rare now it doesn't mean that they're gonna grow up to be you know whatever but it's just at this age they're just really advanced for their age so and and you know and i so i look at that and i also look at the fact that can they are they mature enough to handle it 
you know, like I would have been that kid that at eight years old, if my dad decided, hey, you know, go get training from whoever. I've been able to handle it because I, I just I was into it. And then, you know, there's some kids that are just right now maturity wise. They're just they're not ready for that yet. Yeah. So I tell parents, don't don't push them. Just wait. And let's wait to about middle school, because that's usually the perfect window when a kid is ready emotionally, psychologically for that, for what I call real work yeah. and not just going outside and just playing catch. Um, and, um, and, and they also can understand what's at stake and what they need to do. So, you know, 12 years, so if Mike, you know, 10, 12 years old, all the way up to God, I got kids in college now that are working and training. So and, do you have a lot of them come here or you go meet them? Do you do some zoom calls? Yeah, I do. There's people throughout oh the yeah. I do. I do video analysis, zoom calls. So, you know, the kid, you know, I got like five in Texas. I got, okay. you know, one or two and. Uh, one in Minneapolis, one in, in um, uh, Indiana, uh, you know, a couple of them, you know, in Tennessee, um, you know, just, you know, some in Virginia. So kids just all over the country that, you know, if they can't get to me like that, um, you know, they'll send in um, videos. Um, and then if I got some time available, they got some time, I'll fly up there, Good. train them and then come back. You know, so, so yes and no, I, I train some of them here. Uh, the kids that are locally here, you know, we go to the facility and we train there. And uh, and then, of course, LaGrange College has done a great job, you know, allowing uh, for us uh, to use their facility, use their practice field or whatever. And uh, heck, at one point they gave me the keys to the stadium. Uh, I said, you know, you might as well. I mean, I spent more time here than that's all right. of y'all. So <laughs> but that's, that's neither here nor there. But I tell but you know, they, they've opened up the facility. So during the summertime, we can get outside. So. You know, uh, for, you know, here I got, you know, kids, you know, as far as Columbus, kids from her county, uh, kids from Harris County. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the kids from, um, um, you know, from Troop and LaGrange and, and Callaway will show up. Uh, the ones I get the most from are the middle school kids. Now, yeah. them, them jokers are hungry. I'm oh, like, yeah. you know, you high school kids, y'all need to get on the, you know, y'all get a little full of yourself. You know, these middle school cats come in and man, it's well, they're hungry. They're for that knowledge. Yeah, they are. And they they and want they still haven't quite figured out that they're too cool for you. You, yes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. There you go. And uh and I and I told I told him, I said, you know, those older guys, I said, listen, you know, when you were twelve, you know, you we were meeting at least once a week. And now I'm seeing you what, maybe a couple times a year. I said, uh, nobody's paying you. Nobody signing scholarships cool, being cool. That's right. There's nothing, I mean, it's cool. It's a cool thing to experience, but there's some uncool things you have to do to get the opportunity to do it. So which one do you want? You know, and uh, and so like, again, a coach uh, branchism, you know, winning is cool. That's cool. Like, you know, that's, if you want to be cool, you can, you know, win and then you'd be the coolest guy ever, you know? So uh, there's, there's a podcast out. It's called winning is more fun than fun is fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, talking, going back to your spring break. Yeah. It was more fun to win than mm -hmm. it was to go have fun. You're exactly right. I, you know, and, and again, that's when you have to, you have to talk to yourself and not listen to yourself. Cause like I said, that was, that beach looks nice, you know, and it's, it, it looks a lot of fun and leisure time. I think naturally as human beings, that's what we want. we, we work. Why do we work so hard? We work hard because we want to have nice things and live a nice life, you know. Uh, and that's why I tell people, I said, you know, that can't be your only motivation because once you get those things, you're going to go soft, you know, once because yeah. that was the goal. So the goal has to be in the purpose. You have to love what you do. And and, and there, that purpose is what drives you. And then, you know, off of that, you get to experience all those other things. So, man, that's awesome. So I love it. So what I've learned today is have a purpose. Right. 
and going after that purpose, have yeah. discipline in your in life, life yeah. have accountability, yeah, yeah. and then you just got to be tough. Yeah, be tough. Mentally, yeah. I mean, physically too, if you're yeah. in, you know, in a physically demanding yeah. environment, mm-hmm. whether it's sports, whether yeah. it's working, mm-hmm. but you just got to be tough. Yeah. And I think you got to be more mentally tough than anything yeah. because I love what you said is I talk to myself because everybody has negative thoughts. Oh, yeah, everybody. You're yeah. always going to, yeah. but if you start listening to those negative it's thoughts, all, yeah. then all of a sudden negativity comes out, out of you. Of, yeah. But if you start talking to, to yourself, yourself, then it's like, you know what? Hey, get out of here, negative yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a purpose. Yes. I'm going after this purpose. Yes, yeah. And tap back into that passion. There's a reason why you started doing this. Tap back into that. And I think that works in every phase of life, man. Business, your relationships, you know. Yeah. You know, why did I get into this marriage in the first place? Well, you know, oh, because I, you know, I love them, you know, and there's a, there's some reasons why I love them. And and you you go back to that and that's what you tap into. If you continue to think that, because here's the thing, I tell people all the time, I can look at every person and within five minutes of uh, of, of of talking to them and find something negative about them. Of course. You know, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's everybody. You know, we have something that, uh, you know, I don't know, he's a little short, maybe not, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, but. If if that's what you stay on, it's, it's going to be a toxic situation, not only for you, but for the two people involved. So you want to flip the switch and find something positive. You know, what is it about that person that makes them a good person? What is it, some things you like? And and all of a sudden your perspective about that person and the situation completely changes and, and it changes your energy. So man, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So if somebody says, man, I love listening to JR, how can I get some one on one time? to get him start training uh, my son for quarterback. How do they um, get in contact with you? I'm old school. You can give me a call. I'm a hey, 770-301-2110. <laughs> but <laughs> you can call me. I, I mean, I'm I'm I'm, you know, uh heck the government has my number so I don't figure everybody else might as well, but uh <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, you I mean, call me, text me. Don't be a stranger. Um or you can if you're a social media person, you know, I'm on Facebook, JR Revere. On Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, you know, um, you know, Jr. or Revere Nine, uh, Twitter, Jr. Revere Nine, at you know, Jr. Revere Nine. I think we use the ads or whatever, but you know, just Jr. Revere Nine, uh, Jr. Revere. You can find me on any of those platforms, and you can inbox me. You can um, get in touch with me anyway. You know, because like I said, I'm, 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 I'm in the business of you know building dreams and helping kids, and and people in general, not just kids, but anybody. Uh, you know, achieve their their greatest potential. Because uh, like I said, you know, when I look back on my life, Jonathan, there were so many people that poured into me. You know, I'm not where I am in life because I just got here by myself. You know, there were a lot, there was a community of people, you know, uh, I mean, right here that are still living here, uh, right. you know, um, that, are, that, that were responsible for my success. And I haven't forgotten them. Uh, and I'm doing a better job that when I see those people, I let them know that, hey, thank you. You know, I, I really appreciate it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm in a position now where, you know, and I tell these youngsters all the time, look, man, you you would you would you would really enjoy my experiences. You would kill to be able to experience the things I experienced mm-hmm. and play on the levels that I played on and be able to see things and you know, you know, play big and big game, you know, whatever. You know, you would love that. And and I I can tell you how to do it. And um and so I'm in that position. So I'm trying to do that as best to the best of my ability. Well, I love it, man. I appreciate you sewing into the community like you are. Yeah, man. I I, I enjoy it. I well, enjoy it. I enjoy it. Thanks for having us. And look, reach out to JR. If you want some good mentorship in your life, I mean, mm-hmm. you hear him right now. That This is just a small tidbit of what the Revere <laughs> family, <laughs> family is, is all about. Yeah, a lot, lot of energy. Yeah, <laughs> Lots of energy. Yeah, so, yeah. hey, thanks for stopping by today, man. No problem, man. Thank you for having me.